0: Good afternoon church, good afternoon, is that an echo or is that somebody just saying that back to me? <laughs> somebody said it back to me, okay. Um, as we get together this afternoon um, and looking at this um, Opportunity for us to sit together and receive instruction from the Word of God. I'm encouraged um, because I believe God is doing a great work here. I believe God is, is indeed building us up. Just like we have it as our vision to be a healthy church, that's equipped to disciple and faithful on mission. Um, I believe God has led us to this time where we're actually spending time in one of Paul's letters to the church in Corinth way, way back then um, in this series that we've entitled Grow Up. And of course, in growing up, just reflecting and looking back in, in life. There, there's times where we, we find ourselves, at least I find myself, I don't know about you, looking back and, and considering crucial points, some important milestones in life, and um, just thinking and in reflection, thinking, wow, if I had done this back then, Uh, life could be quite different right now. If I had listened to wise counsel or taken sound words and given heed to them, life would indeed be quite different right now. And um, you know, in this um, word that we're looking at today or in this portion of Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, um, he takes time to just reiterate um, sound words upon which believers can stand, upon which we as believers can stand and have the assurance of God's help, have, the assure, have a sure foundation upon which we're standing and have the assurance of um, even salvation faith that won't be shaken. As we consider this, um, the, the first five verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 today. Um, by God's grace, I've thought, you know, just looking at uh, a sermon that I've called Sound Words. Um, by God's grace, I'm, I'm sure that God will help us even as we consider this and lead us to build on definite sure foundations that um, will lead to unshakable faith even in the face of challenge and opposition such as we have today. You know, you may, um, you, may you may have heard over the, over the weekend of a recent ruling in which a judge in court ruled, I don't know the gist of it, I, I've heard it in the news, just heard it in the, in, 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 just in the background there, where a judge basically rules, look, police is a bit high-handed in their handling of so-called non-hate crimes, where people express their opinions, express different views that um, don't really amount to criminal offence, and I just thought to mention that as, 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 a, as, a, as, um, as we go into this, this section today. But let's read the passage that we're considering today and then we'll pray. Um, we're looking at First Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 1 to 5. Let's turn there. Please turn there with me. And when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let's pray. My Father, I, as I stand here before the church, I pray again pray again Lord for your power I pray again for light as we walk this path um, that you have inspired Paul or his companions to write for us to look at again today Lord I pray um, let I, I just imagine standing in front of this congregation and having the light in my hands to shine upon your word, to shine upon this path as we tread it together so that we may see what you have laid down in sound word for us, sound word that we can um, have as sure foundations even for our life as believers as we grow as we seek to be a healthy church. Um, Sound word, Lord, in which we can have confidence, in which we can rest assured, even in the face of opposition. Sound word, Lord, upon which we can indeed build a holy faith that's encouraged and inspired by the outworking of your spirit and your power, Lord in our lives as believers. Lord, help us, even as we consider this um, portion today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We, we have been looking at, um, in the last couple of weeks, Paul, in his letter, addressing divisions in the church at corinth and um pastor rob pastor rich have done indeed great work in highlighting some of the reasons for these divisions you know um it was i remember pastor rich talking about the cultural people trying to get looking in the perspective of the gospel they think, oh, well, this gospel needs to conform to what the culture is, what the culture actually, what is dominant in the culture here. And um, whilst at the same time, having views and preferences about, well, let's see, I really like the way this teacher puts it, rather than Paul. I rather prefer Paulus and what he what light he brings to the gospel rather than Paul. But Paul comes around now, even as he continues in this letter addressing the church, to to highlight the value and the importance of sound word. Um, The play on word there is, I mean, the word, sound words, talking about the sound word of God, the gospel in itself. And um, what I'm going to look at doing is really just highlighting how sound words indeed do does lay sound foundation obviously the foundation of jesus christ and him crucified you couldn't lay any other foundation than that Um, and sound word with that foundation brings assurance even in the face of challenge and opposition you may have people challenge you challenge what you believe but you can rest assured that you hold on to sound word. Um, and thirdly, sound word is, um, it is enough to find God empowering and demonstrating his power, resulting in indeed sound faith for us as believers. That's where we want to go. So look with me um, as we as we take this, these points one at a time um, at First Corinthians chapter two and verses one and two. Um, Paul addresses the in, in this in this letter, talks about a time when he was with the Corinthians. Look at that. He says, And and when I came to you, he was with the church in Corinth at some point. Uh, brethren, he said that when I came, I did not come with superiority of speech or wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God, because I determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Um, The account of this we can see in um, Acts chapter 18, Acts chapter 18. uh, You will see where Luke records the account of Paul's visit to Corinth. And at this time, Paul decides, and as was his usual mode of operation, to um, start out visiting synagogues there, where there were Jews. And, um, he began there preaching to many Jews. And um, in Acts chapter 18, he found these Jews, Aquila and Priscilla, who were Jews who had come from Rome to Corinth. So in this setting or in this setup, Paul finds himself reasoning in the Sabbath, taking time to explain to Jews that, look, Jesus is the christ this jesus who is crucified is christ he's preaching to didn't i start it this this jesus is the christ he's preaching to um jews and to greeks at first and then interesting thing happens in in if you look in acts chapter 18 he's also when some of some, some others of his, of, his, um, of, his, of his crew come around, Silas and Timothy, Paul takes time to actually testify specifically, in particular, to the Jews. He's solemnly preaching to them. Why would he do this? takes time to go to the Jews, his kinsmen. These are people who are of the same origin as he, a Jew. And... He takes time to go to these guys because he sees, well, think about it. Where's Jesus Christ from in terms of human descent? He's a Jew. This gospel, the promises, the covenants, the law, all of these things originate from the Jews. So it takes time to give these guys special attention. Guys, you shouldn't miss out on this. In fact, you guys got front seat as far as the gospel is concerned. Jesus came first to you, preaching the gospel. And all that to say, Paul um, essentially at this time is taking his time to preach the gospel. But the message is still the same. Jesus is the Christ, even though he's crucified. We've heard that message before. Um, that, you know, you can't lay any other foundation than this when it comes to Christian faith. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, here's where problems begin. Jesus would preach this, I mean, Paul would preach this to Jews, but they find this a stumbling block. They find this a stumbling block. They would, be, they would be conflicted about you preaching of a savior, someone who is the Christ, someone who is supposed to come and save them, but he ends up crucified. In scripture, uh, uh, in the Old Testament, in the old law under Moses, where, where God reiterated the law again, he gave a commandment concerning um, People found guilty of sins, worthy of death, that they they be crucified, that they be hung, rather, on a on a on a on a tree. And you're preaching to Jews about this. This guy, he is a Christ, this one who's actually been hung, this is the savior? Nah. Tell me something else, please. That's that's not that's not the kind of thing we want to hear. That's not the kind of savior we're looking for you know, mocking him on the cross as well. If you're the Christ, yeah, save yourself, calm down. Jews would find those issues as a stumbling block, an offense. But now he's in Corinth. He's not in Jerusalem. He's not in Israel at this time. He's preaching to Greeks as well. Um, Rich told us about, you know, there, the birthplace of, even modern, till now, modern, modern thought. Philosophers like uh, Aristotle, Plato, Socrates. These guys had it. I mean, he preached to Gentiles as well. Paul, on this trip to, to Corinth, where he's, which he's referring to, he had just come from Athens to Corinth. Uh, one thing about the Corinthians, um, one thing about the Athenians was um, Scripture says in First Corinthians chapter one and verse twenty-three that these guys just loved to sit around listening to new things, listening to new ideas. Sounds familiar? Sounds anything like today? TED Talks. You know, good ideas, things that can change the world. They had Epicureans. These guys, I mean, their thinking is, okay, let's sit down and think about how we can get the best out of life. That's the message. Those are the kind of things that they're interested in, in those communities, in places where he's preaching. But here is Paul preaching something else. That Jesus, who was executed publicly in Jerusalem... Not too long ago. That guy is the guy who will save the world. That Jesus who was crucified, he died before many, he is God's appointed savior. He's the one who God appoints to uh, bring all men to repentance to him, to trust in him if they're going to have any hope of eternal life. That's something everybody looks for, even today. Even today. It's sad to hear about death. Um, I know recently there's been a, big, there's been a celebrity death over the, over the weekend. It's sad to hear about it. Everybody hopes for life. Well, but come, what are you talking about? Jesus Christ, him crucified. I mean, we can have hope in that. Excuse me. Let's, let's talk something else. I mean, give me something that makes sense. This is foolishness. This is nonsense. Don't, don't talk to me about Jesus and him crucified. That just doesn't make sense, you know. So, um, this is the sort of thing that Paul was preaching anyway. Jesus Christ, him crucified. To Jews who would find Jesus a stumbling block because... He was condemned to death by them to the reckoning, worthy of death, to Gentiles who just want more interesting things, not come tell us about a man who died and then now you're saying he rose again, (laughs) interesting. Tell us something else. Maybe you've had too much to drink this morning. This is a really funny, wacky idea. Where is he heard of that anyone who dies is raised to life again. What are you talking about? It's not uncommon. You will have that sort of reaction even today. You will have that sort of response today. Do you talk about faith? Do you talk about what you believe to others? Do I talk about what I believe to others? Do I tell them I believe in Jesus, that Jesus is the saviour of the world? Not Donald Trump. No. Not Xi Jing, I don't know what his name is now, what's his full name? The Chinese president. Xi Jinping. Not Xi Jinping. <laughs> you know, even if. They say, oh yeah, there's big plans. The guy's going to take over the whole world. He's soon going to be ruling the world. We've sold him Huawei. you have sold him our, our networks. Now we're selling him HS2. He ain't going to save the world. <laughs> all those things will pass away. This is not hate speech. One day, let me, let me include myself. One day, if Jesus tarries, if, we leave, if there's another 200 years more for all of us here, We'll all be dead. But here is Jesus, he is Savior. God's demonstrated it by raising him from death. Amen. That's sound word. Preach it. Preach it. That's sound word. You will get challenge. You will get challenge. But Some word indeed brings assurance in the face of challenge and opposition. Come with me to um, verses 3 and 4 in 1 Corinthians. Paul, referring to his visit, says, I was with you, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in trembling. He'd be like, wait a minute, we're talking about Paul. If if you're familiar with the Bible, or let me say, if you're not familiar with the Bible, this guy, Paul, an apostle, like somebody appointed by this Jesus himself to preach about Jesus. Not only did this guy go about preaching, this guy penned, loads of the letters in the new testament okay even if he didn't pen them personally he had people pen them for him right what we're reading from is one of them one such letter but the man saying i was with you in weakness in fear in trembling what are you afraid of you're the apostle weak for what let's see together again in acts chapter 18 in Acts chapter 18, remember I told you Paul had devoted himself, if you look from verse 6, he devoted himself to preach to his brethren, his kinsmen. I don't know where lots of you are from. Sorry, Suzette, most of the time I was thinking about this, I, was, I, I, I thought about you preaching, preaching to your, you're from Gambia, right? What? Huh? Ghana. Where did Gambia come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of time my wife and I are talking about preaching the bible to Nigerians so that these guys can handle the word of God you know soundly and leave all the hype behind you might have such desires as well to preach to your brethren people you know people you love you like you may have had old acquaintances, some of them old acquaintances and now you're enjoying the grace of God in Christ and you want them too to come to know the gospel. Paul's doing this anyway like for the reasons I explained earlier on and guess what he gets? Verse 6, but when they resisted and blasphemed, you what? Resisted. Why are you resisting this guy? The word here is defined as they arranged, they arranged themselves in battle or they stood in opposition. They set themselves in opposition to Paul. Of course, who wouldn't be afraid? Here we are in Roman country. We're not in Israel. I'm a Jew. I'm going to my Jew, Jewish brothers to preach and then they're like, Chairman, get lost. We're not interested in this nonsense. And and, and guess what? You will find later on that these guys set themselves in Acts chapter 18. You you can read it there. While Gallio was the proconsul of Achaia, the Jews, with one accord, can you imagine? all the Nigerians in the UK gather around and say, we're suing Bertram <laughs> to court for hate speech or something like that, for preaching things that are against the law in this country. Paul finds himself with these people, stood against him, opposed to him, and not just that, they cost the guy. cost him as well. You must be bleep 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 who wouldn't be afraid who would not be afraid have you tried preaching to someone and you thought okay everything would go down nicely this guy, me and this guy are tight we've had lunch a few times you know and then one day at lunch I just start to say you know bro I really love you you know but let me tell you about Jesus Christ and him crucified and the next thing is gets up and distance himself from me and besides that threatens to you know sell me out I don't know what the exact circumstances were and I've made these examples before with Felix Ngole the guy who got expelled from Sheffield University was it Sheffield or Coventry can't remember but he's since been reinstated anyway this guy found himself basically outed. It's not like the gospel is something you want to hide. But it probably seems like, is it something you want to hide? you careful about how you speak about the gospel at work, to a workmate, to a service user, to a client. I mean, we've had several incidents you know, the most popular one I remember, um, the registrar at um, Lambeth Council, or was this other council, who just got, look, just go, you can't do this job anymore. We employed we you to do registrations, civil ceremonies, and now you're refusing because of what? This is your Jesus. Hello, leave the job for us. Or she, or, or she resigned. Or she was, I think she went, she uh, t- took them to court for constructive dismissal on account of Jesus Christ was she shook what did she do what do you do if you find that people would oppose you or resist you or stand against you for preaching the gospel maybe reinvent ourselves change the gospel make it more user friendly um, make it more inclusive you know but Paul did this he stood assured and um, determined, look. He determined, guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm declaring the truth to you. I'm declaring sound word to you. This will save you. But since you don't want it, I wash my hands clean. Your your blood be upon you. I mean, those are strong words, isn't it? But those come from someone who is sure what he is talking about. You ever been in that place where you're telling someone something, you're giving them sound advice, and then every time you talk, before you finish saying what you're saying, they're saying, but so and so and so and so said... And you're thinking like, what? You know, I've had situations where I'm talking to people at work, in my professional capacity, and I'm giving advice. Before I finish giving the advice, I'm getting pushback. And I have to stop and say like, "Um, do you know how many years I've (laughs) I've been doing this? Do you know how confident I am about what I'm talking? Just like Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. Hey, um, we know that, you know, we know Jesus, you know, we know that, you know, these things you're doing, you know, no, nobody can do them except God is with him. But the brother really had another thing up his mind, trying to figure out what Jesus was really about. And Jesus just cut the fluff out and told him straight, bro, except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God am I going to leave the gospel and go something else because it's not received or it's not accepted where is the assurance that I have do I take a mixed bag maybe a little bit of Christianity (laughs) Zen Tai Chi. Is it Tai Chi? Feng Shui, I mean. <laughs> Feng Shui. <laughs> Feng Shui. Hinduism and all them lot. Throw in the bag. Believe it or not, there's 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 faiths like that out there. Yeah, I was reading, I was reading up on that one. Baha'i faith. There's faith like that. They believe there's going to come a time where all the faith will just be, hmm, we would have sorted out all our differences and we'll be just one and humankind will be all the better for it. Rob, Rob Dingman will go here, la la, and the world will be a better place. <laughs> but no, let's hold on to what is sure. Hold on to what is sure and trust God for what he has given. He knows what he's talking about. Jesus told Nicodemus that we, we talk about what we know. No one has come from heaven except the Son of Man. I'm telling you. So, they give us the assurance. Assurance in the face of challenge, in the face of opposition, you know. Um... So even when those loved ones that we care about those ones we want to be saved so badly even when they switch on us and sell us out it ain't, it ain't time to jump ship It's not time to um, change religion or change faith all right and he says my my message and my preaching they were not in persuasive words going back to what he's referring to on that visit, my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. Can you believe with all that concern, with all that care for um, even his own kinsmen, Paul could not bring many Jews to even come to faith in Christ. Yet, even though it was a heavy and real burden on Paul's heart, he spends a great deal of time in, uh, um, in his letter to the Romans, Romans chapter nine to, verse, to chapter 11, he spends a great deal of time talking about his concern for these, for these brothers, but he couldn't persuade them. Um, so, he shakes his garments um, uh, shook out his garment and said, then your blood be upon your heads. I'm clean. From now, I will go to the Gentiles. This is Acts chapter 18. Sorry, I'm kind of like jumping between the texts and probably, I realize, probably leaving a lot of of you behind as though you are familiar with what I'm talking about here. (laughs) In Acts chapter 18 verse 7, he goes on. Then he left there. He left the synagogue. He left his familiar ground. In Acts chapter 18, verse 7, and he went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God, whose house was next to the synagogue. And then Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his household. And many of the, of the Corinthians, when they heard we're believing and being baptized. Paul says his words were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. This is the the next and the final point. Sound words, sound word indeed will build faith, will build faith on the sure foundations because of God's power and the demonstration of God's work in the believer's life. Look at First Corinthians chapter two and verse four again. He says that this is four and five, I beg your pardon. And my message were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. You see, um, Paul finds himself encouraged, even in the face of this opposition. He finds himself encouraged, not by himself, because he's already talked about himself being weak, being in fear, being in trembling. I didn't mention the fact that this guy had an ailment for which we cite and remember the familiar uh, uh, and popular verse, you know, where he prayed about this weakness and, and asked God many times and God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, in the time where we find we can't we don't have the energy we don't have the sufficiency we don't have the word even put all our knowledge together and lay the gospel down simply you might have an approach you might have a message and a method in preaching but God comes into his own is that correct to say God comes into his own the power of God comes through God delivers God works mightily on behalf of those who are faithful to his sound word faithful to his message faithful to God's call if if the message is Jesus is the Christ and him crucified look to him for everlasting life we're constantly preaching that staying focused on that we'll find the power of god available to help even in the face of adversity so switch over now to the to the account to the record of of paul's visit acts 18 chap um, from verse 9 we'll see paul is encouraged it's i was a bit curious like luke how come you know these things how come you know that the lord spoke or said to paul in a vision at night the record is there acts chapter 18 and verse 9 and the lord said to paul in the night by a vision do not be afraid any longer don't be thinking about you know bailing out of town paul but go on speaking and do not be silent By this time, of course, people have already resisted him. People have already formed themselves into a group to to charge him. And are opposed to him. They've cost the guy like, you're talking nonsense. The Greeks too. Dude, you you don't have a point. This is a nonsense. Somebody's actually told me once to my face. This is a nonsense. Meanwhile, the same guy who I'm talking to, we were just talking about his babies and they had them baptized in church and all that and I'm talking and then I now think oh there's there's a door opening to talk about the gospel and I start talking about God and Jesus crucified that's a nonsense to my face i'm thinking what <laughs> boy i thought you believed but paul here is receiving encouragement in acts chapter 18 the lord tells him do not be afraid any longer Go on speaking. Do not be silent. I'm like, wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. He must have had the conversation with Luke and his other traveling companions. Guys, you know what? Despite all the opposition here, um, I believe God is encouraging us to carry on, to keep on speaking, to keep on Preaching the same gospel, preach the same message, and by this time, he has had um, teachers, justice, come and say, "Here's my house, right next door to the synagogue." By this time, he's had the leader of the synagogue as well bail on the synagogue and come to Christ. <laughs> And then also, he said, many Corinthians come to Christ. And then God encourages the man. Don't be afraid any longer. But go on speaking. Don't be silent. Is that encouraging or what? That's not the kind of encouragement you can just look within yourself and find. You can't. If truth be told, I bet you, like me, there's many of us here who are careful what we say at work about Christ. Careful what we say to colleagues about Christ. Careful what we say, I mean, come, if this was not... Careful what we say on the train. You might hear somebody on the train just suddenly say, Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. You might be like, boy, that woman is bold. I wouldn't dare to do that. Public disturbance. That bit about public disturbance was probably the devil saying that. Not, Not, I mean, with fear. And here's what Paul gets to hear. Don't be afraid. And guess what? No man will attack you. For I am with you, no man will attack you in order to harm you. So it's true what those guys had set themselves up against Paul. Here's the Lord himself encouraging Paul. I don't know what encouragement you've had when you're opposed in terms of speaking the gospel. I wonder... Does it call for us to kind of look back and see what kind of word we're speaking, if we're speaking at all? Does it call for us to just say, looking at the life of Paul, and and, and I'm not presenting this guy as some, okay, everybody needs to be like Paul. Well, with regard to depending on God, with regard to leaning on God, with with regard to holding on to the truth of the gospel, yes, of course. Not moving away from me. Yes, of course, we all need to be right there. And find God, God's strength, God's power coming through, even in those times when we're opposed. He um, says, I'm not, I am with you. No man will attack you in order to harm you, for I have many people in the city. It's the plan of God and it's the purpose of God that becomes important because sound word will indeed find god's help available god's power available to build us up in sound faith and just we see there in acts chapter 18 paul settled there another year and six months teaching the word amongst the corinthians but today he's just referring back to that time just referring back to that type. Now, question. Because holding onto this sound word can be, can leave us in a place where we feel vulnerable. Holding onto this sound word can leave us in a place where we, where we feel like we're talking nonsense in this culture. It may leave us in a place where we feel, man, I'm not so sure whether I wanna continue this faith. It seems it's true what society is saying. It's a bit old and dated. It's not moving with the times. Let me appeal to us and encourage us in light of God's power that's made available. What is God able to do? Praise God. You know? And you got loads of testimonies, I know. <laughs> loads of testimonies, bro. Anything. But it makes, it just, it, just, it, it occurred to, to me, even as we preach the same word, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Foolish as it seems, what does that tell you? About God's ability. What can God do? Even to the dead. Hello? Ah, it's just Alvin, sure. What can God do to the dead? He can call him back to life like that. That's sound word. That's right there at the core. That's like at the foundation. This tall building. Imagine that being our faith. Right there at the core is sound word. Jesus Christ. Him crucified. Raised from the death to save. Any who will trust in him. That's right there at the bottom. That's sound word. Come storm Chiara. Storm, what's what's the one this weekend? Dennis. The building still stand. A sound word. It's not moved. Foundation is right there. What can God do? In the face of opposition. For Paul, the message sounds like foolishness the leader of the synagogue, these people he visited, left the synagogue, left that business and held on to Jesus Christ. Many of the Corinthians, many of the Greeks, left looking for the best you can get in life to hold on to the one who has eternal life. Because of the sound word that Paul preached. Even the man preaching what he found people opposing him, found people gang up against him to arrest him and take him to court. He gets encouraged by God. Oh boy, take some time later on just to read what happened when these people actually bring Paul before the proconsul. The man just looks at these people like, What? You, yeah, what did the man say? And then Paul gets his turn to speak. As he's about to start speaking, it's like the man said, shh, people, listen. If it's about your questions about your law and everything, go and sort it out with yourself. Not interested. Out of my face. They'd be like, what? And then they take the new leader of the synagogue and take him outside and beat the guy silly in front of the pro console. <laughs> the man looks got time for that so much for plot against the one who's got sound word in his belt in his in his armory and he's preaching it and belting it out constantly all the time in the face of opposition even when he was ill himself finding that God's strength is made perfect God's delivering for him bring him a new venue bring him loads of people Bring him a a full Bible study for one and a half years. Boy, that's what sound word can do. Do you want to grow as a believer? Do you want, or do you just want word that's exciting, that's, that's, you know, fanciful, that meets the need of the hour? Or something that carries on through eternity? Hold on to sound word, hold on to the word, even of Jesus Christ, him crucified. God's power will be made available. Our faith will be built up because we'll see God demonstrating his power and his strength, even in the face of challenge because we hold on to sound word, even the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, help us, please. Help us in this day, in this age. The word out there is, um, these guys just spout nonsense from these archaic and medieval books that don't even keep up with the times. Don't recognize that times are changing. When indeed your word establishes everything, endures forever, it's the hearts of men that change. It's the culture of men that change. It could be one thing today and in a few years time it's different. But Lord help us to hold on to your word that endures forever. Jesus Christ and even him crucified. Yes, for he is the living word that was before the foundation of the world that came, was the light of men that gave light to the world. Ah, That is the foundation upon which even this church is built. Lord, help us to hold on to the sound word the Lord Jesus Christ and him crucified. That nothing that we see, experience or encounter would hinder us from staying true to your word or cause us to change course and think differently about the Lord, but rather that we'll find your power and your help available that we may grow And find that you're true and you're truly faithful even to your word and to your course, to your purpose, to your call. Help us, Lord, as a church together, even as we give ear and take heed to your sound word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.